0: Welcome back to the Work in Progress podcast brought to you by Work and Nicer. On this episode of the Election Series, Alex and Ernie sit down with mayoral candidate Jeremy Farkas. Welcome to another episode of the Work in Progress podcast. This is the impromptu Election Series, and today we're sitting down with Jeremy Farkas. My name is Alex, and I'm here with my co-host friend, Ernie, Ernie, take it away.
1: Yeah, Ernie Sue, uh, Alberta Hospitality Association, owner of Trolley Five Restaurant and Brewery. Uh, we're pumped. This is this is amazing. Three days around like to the election and yeah. sitting down with one of the top candidates here. Absolutely. Uh, thank you very much, Jeremy, for for making the time. I know you guys are on like crazy schedules right now.
2: What are you like? 17, 18 hour days right now? Yeah. They, they lied to me guys. They, they said it was a marathon and not a sprint, but it <laughs> turns out it's a marathon and then a sprint yeah, a marathon <laughs> and then the, and then the last
1: kick at the very end there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I maybe started off from my association standpoint from hospitality, uh, you know, you've been great. Yeah. You've you've been great at if there's one thing you're really good at, it's getting back to restaurant owners, especially within your ward for the last few years and you get back to them very fast. So, you know, thank you very much for that. That's the feedback that I've been getting from within your ward, especially. Uh, I know my business partner has said that anytime he's reached out to you, it's, it's been less than 24 hours. And do I have this right? You return every email yourself.
2: Yeah, my, my team gives an immediate response if, if there's something like a water main breaks. Right. But I do get back to everybody personally. And if somebody calls me, I call them back. That's yeah. basically the minimum standard. Like old school, That that's that's great. And I'm lucky because I represent a lot of the Beltline, so we have some of the top restaurants and small yeah. business owners in the entire city. And you know, it's the city's not always the best to, to deal with, and yeah. I think it's gotten better in recent years. But I think having that personal touch is really important.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's been it's been a positive from everyone that I hear within the Beltline that you know that has had any dealings with you, and uh, you've been able to get results done fast for issues that have popped up for hospitality in that area. So uh, gratitude for that for sure. Um, round the corner here, we're almost there. Um, you know, because Alex and I are asked on a daily basis, <laughs> you know, which way are we voting? You know, the, the platforms are so much to read. You know, I, I don't have time to watch a whole debate. Um, you know, we wanted to hit a few of the items here with you, um, on the docket with every candidate.
2: Yeah. I just want to mention first, yeah. you guys have such a beautiful space here. Oh, nice. are like great historic sure. building looking through and just seeing the buzz, like a lot of people on the first floor doing all sorts of stuff and just cool, really man. impressed with uh, the little mini tour that I had on the way in. And Thanks so much. Yeah. Great work that you guys are doing.
0: Appreciate you taking a minute to go through and take a look. There's just some of the most inspiring people here for sure. So yeah, very kind words. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Young, creative entrepreneurs to yeah, every young, business younger age. Younger than you for sure. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Everybody's younger than me in this building. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but back to you, Jeremy, you know. The perception, and this is what we, we, we want to try to give the candidates some time here, uh, the perception of Dr. No, like that you are supposed to be the one candidate that says no to everything. Um, wh- what do you have to say to that? Like, do you, I don't think that that's the case. Like, you know, I know that hasn't been the case for a lot of the restaurants that have had dealings with you in the past. Um, how, what would you say to the citizens of Calgary on that?
2: I think trying to simplify it to that, I think it's lazy. I think you have a certain media narrative that uh, they like to play into. And even looking at some of the big issues we've seen, like, say, the the business uh, tax revolt. You know, you had hundreds of businesses march on City Hall in uh, 2019. I was one of them, yeah. Seeing huge tax increases. And I was one of the few that actually came outside of City Hall to come chat with you guys. Mm-hmm. So when, for example, I'm saying, no, we got to live within our means, you know, That's not me being contrarian. That's being for my business owners. That's being for the economic health of our city. So, you know, every vote has an explanation. And just because, say, I didn't want to increase businesses, taxes on you by, say, 40%, 50% in a single year, doesn't mean I'm against anything. It means that I'm for you. I'm trying to help you and trying to keep business alive in the city. So, again, on things like, say, we had a controversial vote to start selling off uh, part of Richmond Green Park. Mm -hmm. I voted against that, but it wasn't because I was... Doctor No is because I love my parks. I want to keep my parks. I don't want to bow to the uh, pressure from developers. Mm-hmm. So again, I think every issue has an explanation behind it, and mm-hmm. and I think just trying to distill it into a yes or no doesn't really capture the the debate that actually happened. Well, for yeah,
1: yeah I, and I want to continue on that quickly. Just in in our industry in hospitality, commercial property taxes is one of the forefront issues right now. How are you attacking the commercial property tax? You know, in layman's terms, try to break it down for everybody. Um, Cause it is quite confusing, you know, and it's scary. You know, we're coming out of a pandemic. A lot of restaurants are barely hanging on right now. Subsidies end um, at the end of this month, uh, all subsidies basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the commercial property tax is at the front of everyone's mind right now.
2: Yeah, so the, the biggest thing for me is just living within our means in the last say, 10 years at City Hall, every year it's been a 4% increase on salaries, wages, benefits over time. That's not sustainable. Over the last 10 years, a 60% increase to the pension and uh, benefit liability. That's not sustainable. Now it's thousands of employees at the city receive double pensions, hundreds set to receive triple pensions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, nobody wants to pay taxes, but I think they're happy to do it if they see the value there. So I think my focus is on living within our means at City Hall, just as every family and business has been forced to. And specifically, though, I'm advocating for a four-year property tax freeze for both residents and businesses. I want us to be aggressive on filling these downtown towers so that we can actually share more relief in the long term. And just to show the scale, so it's $17 billion in assessed value that we've lost in those downtown towers. And at a commercial mill rate, that comes to about $200 million. Or sorry, rather, $280 million million dollars that the city is basically trying to fill that hole with Mm -hmm. it was shifted over to partially the homeowners it was shifted over to the other uh, commercial property taxpayers elsewhere in the city I think our job number one needs to be filling those towers making sure downtown's safe that uh, we're easier to do business there that we're streamlining approvals continuing to build out say the event center the uh, BMO center keep keep downtown an exciting place to be as well as to build for the future, things like uh, LRT linked to the airport. I think that that's gonna be really important. But it's all about uh, making sure that business can thrive so that we grow that revenue base rather than uh, grow the tax base or the, the tax rate. Mm, the, the event center, you
1: just brought up the event center. So you're a yes for the event center then, or you're a no?
2: So I was always a yes. The, okay. the issue for me is the deal. So if you're putting, say, for example, I'll tell you why I voted against it. City taxpayers contributing about sixty percent of the cost, mm-hmm. only receiving two percent of the revenue. In Edmonton, they put in about forty percent of the cost and get ten percent of the revenue. Yeah. Say for example, Scotiabank in Toronto just paid eight hundred million dollars for the naming rights for that Toronto facility. Here in Calgary, taxpayers are going to be getting two point five million mm-hmm. on the naming rights. This new rink, it's not, uh, it's as flood prone as the old Saddledome and city taxpayers, again, are on the hook for 100% of the replacement cost if this new rink is damaged or destroyed. Lastly, this, uh, this new arena, it's about 1,000 seats smaller than the current saldo, so we're not building for the future. And say if you have uh, a Taylor Swift or somebody coming making one stop in <coughs> Alberta, they're still gonna be only going to Edmonton because that rink is bigger. So for me, it was always about the fine details. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get a good deal for taxpayers, but that said, you know, a deal is a deal. In this town, a handshake means something. So I'm campaigning on seeing through the deal that was committed to. I'm not gonna nitpick on the finer points about whether it was a good deal or not. Now is go time. I think Calgarians are looking for stability. They're looking for certainty. And I'm campaigning on seeing through this investment, even if I think it could have been better.
0: I think it's a really great answer. And I think it provides some context that a lot of people don't know. Yeah. Um, and that was, so that, that was good for me oh. to hear too. I guess the question would be, Sure, bad deal, medium deal, not as good of a de- borderline. You think it's like, or bottom line, it's not the best deal or the deal that it should have been. So, but knowing that, and knowing that where the rest of council was going, and if you move into the mayor's chair, you're still one vote on council, mm-hmm. and so when the perception is that, you know, you have a whole there's a whole website about your voting record and <laughs> being no and all that stuff and obviously you alluded, alluded to it earlier media plays a role <laughs> um, what other counselors are saying to media or on Twitter plays mm-hmm. a role, totally get that and I am all for being a contrary and, and not just following the following the herd Right, I totally understand that so my question though is like, how do you as a, as a figurehead or not even if just a figurehead mm-hmm. right, as the face of the city and one vote on council, when the next deal, whatever it is, comes up and everything's moving in one direction, how do you actually, how do you close or, or deal with this perception that it's just this unnecessary contrarian um, and, and actually turn that into collaboration? Like, what's the plan there? Does that question make sense?
2: Well, I think you're talking again about the perception, mm-hmm. but think about Ernie's opening with the reality, the experience from the people I work with every day, the small business owners, the restaurants has been a positive one, and it's actually been one of a record of results. So if anybody in my ward comes to me and they're looking to get things done, I've gotten those things done for them. So I think that's why there's been that grassroots support for my campaign that knows that that media narrative is wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think the the mayor is one vote, but the mayor also has an important role of setting the agenda, how things get voted on, where they get voted on. So I think having that ability to make sure that there's more financial responsibility from the get-go, I think would help. I'm also running on a realistic plan. So at my website, Jeremy.ca, you can see my 10-point plan. It's achievable. It's realistic. Even say my four-year tax freeze. It's not just pie in the sky, but it's been vetted by serious economists such as Jack Mintz as being achievable, realistic, and doable without significant service cuts. So I think I'm going into this with an experience and knowing how City Hall works, an actionable plan, and I think we're going to have a clean slate with at least 10 new Mm councillors. Hopefully people actually see issues similarly to me, fiscally conservative, socially live and let live, focused on the economy, getting Calgarians back to work, and frankly just spending the money on the right things. So I think my record finally shows that every single day I've worked together with other council members. I apologize if the listeners don't know the names of the councillors, but it may surprise you to know of all of the other city councillors, the individual with whom I've actually sponsored some of the most motions and inquiries and stuff with is actually Councillor Drew Farrell. Yeah. So if I can work together almost daily with somebody like Drew, <laughs> who sees things very different from me, but yeah. we can get things done on, say, increased police presence in the downtown uh, getting Calgarians a vote on the Olympic bid, uh, getting some hmm. more transparency on the arena deal, fixing lead water pipes in the inner city, restoring the city of Calgary summer student hiring program. You know, I could keep naming yeah. examples of things that I have gone done, but the challenge again is the media narrative. Yeah, okay. I
0: am really glad you brought that up because I had a note here to ask you where it's like you, you say that you've collaborated with people like Drew Farrell, which is... Yeah, which is a real thing, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's,
1: that's pretty opposite sides, Ben. Yeah? yeah, it is.
0: And so, I mean, similarly, I guess, like, what wins? What wins do you see happening on day one once you do become mayor? Then,
2: well, I think we're we're going to have to come together quick as a team, right? Mm-hmm. I think something that the people say about previous mayors, Bonanni and Dewar, is that they could count to eight, eight being the votes you need to be able to get anything done. But I think it's more true to say that they could count to eight, but it was always a different eight previous mayors were very effective in allowing other counselors to sort of be the face and the voice of things. And I felt as a, as a rookie counselor, I never felt that Mayor Nenshi was really all that interested in me in a personal level to get a sense of, you know, where am I from? Uh, I grew up in East Calgary, just like he did. What is it that I was trying to, to run on? What was my platform? What did I do in my spare time? So I think that as mayor, I would want to really build those personal relationships so that, hey, you know, maybe if there is a a vote or something we disagree on we can actually fall back to to a strong relationship that we know that we're all in it for the the right reason so i'd want to work in that just from the get-go building those relationships with the other counselors i think we're going to be going firstly into uh, our first budget debate i think that we need to advocate for certainty stability every single uh, year local business owners they Wait, holding their breath to see if, is council going to raise their taxes 10, 20, 50%. And I think if council in basically a month from now can send a signal for the next four years, we're going to be able to provide you stability and certainty. I think that that would be a huge sigh of relief and a big help for these local operators who really want to be able to project out their costs and hiring decisions. So Mm -hmm. I would say, again, my focus is on the economy, responsible spending. And then the other piece is around red tape reduction. But this has become so generic. Yeah. Specifically, what I'm pushing for is mandatory approvals. And what I mean by that is a legislated time limit. If you're mm-hmm. looking to the city to give you permission for a permit or something like that, I want to bring in a time limit, say three months, six months. If the city can't tell you no, it has to be a yes. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. or if they tell you no, it always has to be a conditional no. And specifying if you can fix A, B, and C, then it's a guaranteed yes.
1: Because that has come up at all of the town halls. Uh, with I was just at the ward eight town hall mm-hmm. and um, you know getting DP BP like getting permit is ridiculous right now like the the length of time
2: and it ends up holding a business hostage you know, well, uh, it, it's uh, a yeah. culture change and what I mean by that is that it should be the city's responsibility to tell you yes unless there's a damn good reason that it has to be a no mm-hmm and that's the thing is there's too much gatekeeping. There's too much lip service to red tape reduction, all the rest. Like we can actually do it. Other cities have done this. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. But again, this fits into that certainty piece.
0: So then how do you actually do it, right? Because red lip service, you hear it from a bunch of people. It's like, well, how how do you actually do it, right? A good, good friend of mine in the same building that we're in right now is trying to open a brewery. And they've been waiting for months and months and they... You know, you know the story, right? You you don't get an answer, and when you do, you know it's a no, and then you hear some other checkbox you have to check, and then once you think you're there, it's like, oh, surprise! One inspector's got
1: perception on on a yes, and the next inspector that comes in has got a no. That's right. Yeah. So
0: so <laughs> you know, how is it not just lip service? And that's not a yeah. challenge; it's an honest question. Like, how do you plan on doing that, other than just legislation, or is that enough?
2: So I'll, I'll go back to some of your earlier comments. So it's, it's paint, I'm painted as a controversial person because when a business or a resident needs me, I'm like a dog with a bone. I don't take no for an answer, and I fight for them, right? Mm-hmm. So that's now being painted as a <coughs> contrarian. I don't get along with the system. Mm. Well, what do you do when the system is not there to serve Calgarians? It's there to serve the city hall, uh, bureaucracy, the administration, the establishment. So I think that you need to have somebody who actually has a proven record of standing up Not just when it's easy, but when it's been tough. And for me, I'm all about leading by example, not lip service. Hmm. Gondek, Davison, they campaigned on reforming the City Council Golden Pension. The moment they were elected, they signed up just like everybody else. And Mm -hmm. if you're not aware, it's a five to one. Five dollars that you as the taxpayer contribute for every one dollar the city councillor does. Mm. And they say that getting elected is like winning the lottery, Hmm. but it's literally like winning the lottery here in Calgary. So for example, this is just one piece where, you know, not just lip service, I've actually followed through. I've turned down that pension and I'm promising if I'm mayor to be able to turn down the pension again and reform it for good. But it's just an example where, you know, the words don't follow up with the actions. And I think I'm the only candidate with a plan, but also the voting record. So the other candidates will talk a good game on hospitality, on business, but I'm the only guy who actually came out on the steps with you yeah, in 2019 when you which came to shove? That's sure, true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, sure. I
1: I got one though. That sure. Really important is is you know this is the only concern. I mean, you've been there for hospitality, but then the REP program, like the thirteen to one, like why 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 exactly did you vote no to mandating the RIP program as a city um, to circumvent the the provincial? Well, not even a mandate, the provincial uh, restriction that they had put out.
2: Yeah, so I'm not here to defend the province. I think they've, they've mishandled the situation from the start. I'm strongly in support of vaccination. Mm-hmm. I think everybody has to get vaccinated. And frankly, I'm sorry that some of my opponents have painted me as something that I'm not. You know, if I'm, again, saying I'm so, I'm in favor of vaccination, I've been double vaccinated, mm-hmm. that's the worst way to get those anti vaxxer votes. Right. But for me, it's about, <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it's about, it's about I pra- to do
1: that by the way, but yeah, yeah. yeah. for me, it's
2: about practicality. Like yeah. I was looking at what Edmonton was doing, Red Deer was doing, and they kind of came to consensus that the city didn't really have the legal authority or it might not have been practical or enforceable. Those cities looked at, looked at it and tried, and decided not to go with it. And I think uh, th- the city's focus has to be on ways that we can help within our jurisdiction. So, Hmm. for example, keeping our taxes reasonable, trying to reopen a downtown police station. And it's not because I'm against vaccination, but I really want City Hall to focus on issues in its own lane, ways that we can help within our jurisdiction rather than being well-intentioned but further confusing the issue or issuing contradictory orders.
0: So did you, which makes sense, I get it, but did you chat with any um, business owners regarding which way you were going to vote on this because I think, mm-hmm. from the and Ernie, you can confirm, but I think from a hospitality industry perspective, the industry was very thankful that this became mandatory because all of a sudden it wasn't Ernie, the owner of Trolley, mm-hmm. or the you know 19 year old hostess, yeah. that 16 year old hostess, yes, yeah, right, yeah, and even and and from our you know, and even in Work Nacer, there were certain people who in those initial days when, when, even though when we were rolling it out, the perception was that Mm -hmm. it was our choice and that we were the bad guy and and we lost people because of it. So I, I, I get it. Stay in your lane, right? Like government, you know, scope creep or overreach is something which is not a great thing. I, I get that for sure. But when given the context of this, um, and you mentioned that you do want to talk to business owners and again, I don't want to challenge. These are just questions from people that, um, or questions that we've been hearing from people.
2: Yeah, and I, I spoke to industry. I spoke to um, several. I don't want to name specific people and mm-hmm. what their mm-hmm. feedback was, but mm-hmm. I think the the feedback was mixed. Some people wanted uh, to basically have the decision, the, c- the call made by the politicians so that they, they wouldn't themselves be blaring, blamed at the front door. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people wanted the choice. They would have preferred to operate... Uh, with those restrictions, but then be able to uh, continue as they were. And some were saying, well, the ex- basically they wanted the, that choice for themselves. But again, it wasn't unanimous for mm-hmm. the people that I spoke with. And I think that there's a decent reason that, say, Edmonton, very comparable city to us, opted not to go mm-hmm. with the approach that Calgary did.
1: Yeah, my only feedback there would be like talking to the, my industry across the province, mm-hmm. especially in Calgary, that once that mandate went in, it relieved... 80, 90% of the pressure and the stress and the hostilities at the door. That's yeah, a real crappy situation. Yeah, yeah. and the restaurants in Edmonton, um, talking to them, I'd say 90% of them uh, would have liked that mandate to now go through because of the because of all the issues that they've seen. But, um, you know, larger issues for sure to talk about Green Line. Hmm. What, what's, uh, you know, this is our chance of wrapping into the last three days, like the 95th percentile going into the... <laughs> municipal election you know what is your stats on the green line like in really quick terms here for everyone to understand
2: well uh, the trains left the station go <laughs> means go uh, 700 <laughs> 700 okay, millions already away. been spent <laughs> yeah uh i don't think it was the best use of the five and a half billion dollars like if you look at say about half the cost could have gone from the, the new arena down to seedon the new hospital we could have pushed out uh, the line two more stops in the northeast and connect to the airport so for half the cost. But I think uh, right now what's been agreed to has been confirmed by Jason Kenny, Justin Trudeau, the council decision. And as I mentioned previously here, I'm not looking to nitpick rehash past decisions. And I think now that it's been made, I think this mayor and council need to come together to, to be able to get it done. I do still have some outstanding concerns about the impact of that uh, underground portion uh, mm-hmm. through the downtown business continuity. You know, if we start digging a big hole that uh, we run out of money to be able to fill, what are we going to be doing for those local businesses? Mm-hmm. For me, the, the linchpin in my vote against the Green Line was not against the concept, but because I still don't feel that underground downtown portion can actually be built, be built for the price tag that's been committed to. Mm-hmm. And what do we do if all of a sudden, uh, uh, 20 blocks in our downtown, you got a big hole? and no more money to be able to finish the project <laughs> and what does that mean for local yeah. taxpayers what does that mean for local businesses and if you think we have a vacancy problem in our downtown just wait until you see maybe say three or four years of constant uh, turmoil i from, know it
1: personally, what personally my man from,
2: from trucks yeah. coming in hauling dirt oh. that sort of thing so for me i'm hoping that uh this can be done for what's been told but there's some very serious business leaders and those with significant engineering experience that say what the city has promised can't actually be delivered. So I think it now comes down to the voters to decide who do you think on mayor for mayor council has the most credibility, the proven record of asking questions, holding the team accountable rather than just kind of going along to get along.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. You mentioned that a couple times where it's, you know, your voting record shows support for business or for people and, you know, it makes sense. I think bad deal on the, or and forgive me, I'm paraphrasing, but bad deal on the uh, event center or the arena deal, bad deal on the green line, not necessarily opposed to either project conceptually, but the deal in which it moved forward, it sounds like you had concerns with. One, th- one
2: thing I'll just mention is I don't think that the city learned anything from the shit show that we saw with 17th Avenue with yeah. that reconstruction. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, lack so. of engagement. No, 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 it's, no. And they're lack coming back. Engagement. And, lack, and the, you know lack what? Lack of support. Yeah. You,
1: you, this is important that you bring this up because I talked to 34 businesses in the last week and they still don't know that the city's trying to circle back to do the sidewalks this spring hmm. and have to repave. <laughs> Yeah. I, didn't know that. I don't know if you know that. I've been working yeah, with Peter Rudolph, the, pr- the project manager, like trying to get answers out of him. But um, so a
2: motion that I had tried to make, but council wasn't willing, was for there to be a contingency. So, for example, like if you have no more access in front of your property, no more parking, people got to go through huge barricades. What is the city doing to help offset your property taxes? Mm-hmm. Because there's a direct drop in your ability to revenue and capitalize on your uh, 70 accident. to
1: 80 percent. 93 businesses closed in under a year.
2: So some other cities like Montreal, they have contingencies in St. place St. to be able Street, to help. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not about reinventing the wheel, but, you know, a lot of businesses think the green line is going to be really good for them because they front on it. But I want to make sure if we're doing it, we're doing it right. And the city's there for you through that. Uh,
0: so I am curious. And how how are you going to do that? Because I I, I I buy into that. I buy into saying <coughs> like, hey, just because... We're 98% of the way there or 90% of the way there and everyone else says yes. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't say like, Hey guys, we need to rethink this or we need to go back. I, I, I totally get that. Uh, Cause you also mentioned that one of the things that you want to do as mayor is build personal relationships with mm-hmm. other counselors, which will hopefully help that. So, but what, what has it been the last four years? Have, what, did the personal relationships with the existing council people not exist Um, in order, like what, what has been like, what's the reason the collaboration doesn't seem to have been there or reciprocated when you're sitting and saying, Hey, I believe in this thing, or this is my concern, which you're saying like, great. I love that. Right. Going forward, continue that track record. That's awesome. But again, you're one vote. So Mm -hmm. yeah, you can set the count or you can set the agenda and stuff. But it's like, how are you truly going to get these people behind you? on Galvanized. Stuff if, if we, great. Yeah. How are you going to actually galvanize council? Yeah. I think part
2: of it's that dynamic, the city council versus the city administration. Mm. You know, if the city bureaucrats come in and say, well, it should be this way, then, you know, councilors will just default to kind of rubber stamping that. And there's been some votes, many votes actually, where other councilors have confided in me and said, well, you know, they, they wanted to vote the way that I did, but just they, they, they didn't want the headache. From the city staff, <laughs> so, but correct me if I'm wrong. The city council and the mayor
1: should be running the city. Well, the, the tone at
2: the top, we the buck stops with us. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, absolutely. But we've heard it from, man, we've heard it from almost every candidate and and some of the councilors that people that are running for council that. It's the administration that seems to be running the city.
2: Well, that, that's the thing is like uh, to speak about Jeff and Jody right now is, you know, they, they talk a good game. Mm-hmm. But every step of the way where their vote could have counted, they, fall, they fell in line. Mm-hmm. They, sorted, they they supported that bureaucracy. They supported, I'm not going to say everything Nancy did was wrong or right. But they, I think they supported some of these uh, misguided decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think it, courage comes down to not just saying you're going to do a certain thing, but actually doing that thing. Mm-hmm. So I think having that uh, tone is really important and I'll, I'll look back to say previous mayors who were effective So let's talk about Doer. So Aldor came as a alderman He was there at the same time was Ralph Klein was spending a lot of money building the LRT bringing the Olympics And then he was kind of doer was kind of on the outs in that council But he campaigned on saying well now that all the stuff is being built We actually got a we got to settle the, the credit card Right. And and he was elected yeah. on that and he was able to be effective, despite the fact that he came as kind of one of those outside councillors, the
1: quiet mayor. Yeah. And
2: then look at Bronconnier. It was the opposite. So after 10 years of paying down the credit card, Bronconnier campaigned and said, well, now the city's growing, we got to build stuff. And Bronconnier was kind of on the outs. So the same thing, right? I, I think that now that we've maxed the credit card with the BMO center, the arts commons, the new rink, the green line, Fieldhouse, all the rest, I think it's time to actually get those finances in order.
1: Something that's, that, that pops up with Alex and, you know, entrepreneurs and small business. And then my industry is, is the word management, right? Is, you know, and the lack thereof, I mean, when we look at the city councilors that are running for mayor, the, you know, like you, Jody, Jeff, wh- where is your experience in management? When you talk about galvanizing this team and leading the team, you know, how do you guys do when you don't really have that that experience of managing people?
2: So it's a, it's a completely different ballgame. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a CEO and you have that management experience and you're used to walking in the door, And having everybody go along with you Mm -hmm. that is a completely different experience than the Mm -hmm. public sector a ceo who's used to that kind of management experience Mm -hmm. will fail on day one in -hmm. a place like city council and city hall so i think i offer something that the other candidates don't is a proven record an actionable plan but also an understanding of the bureaucracy how the system works i know who within the administration is there to help i know who is there frankly to uh, stall or maybe not uh, comply as well. And I know who's there willing to go with the flow as long as uh, you can set the tone from the top. Mm-hmm. But I think tone matters. Like city councilors, mayor, we're not managers. We're more like a board of directors of yeah. a company, right? So, we're, well,
1: billion dollar, billions well, and billions yeah, of dollars here, billion. yeah, yeah.
2: But it, but it should be eyes in, fingers out. And you know, if management isn't executing, then we need to find new management. But it's not the personal responsibility of the mayor and counselor to say, hey, uh, I noticed that green cart can, didn't get picked up or that pothole hasn't been filled yet. We have to hire people who will execute on that. And then otherwise, you know, if we're micromanaging the the, the work of, say, 15 20,000 employees, that it puts us in the weeds really to, to mm. avoid the scrutiny on those billion-dollar decisions.
0: Right. That's no, well said. I love it. Mm-hmm. We've only got... Really, well, another a minute th- or two left? Six um, minutes, yeah. Six. six. Oh, okay,
1: great. Something for me uh, that has come up as a big question, um, now that you're here and you have a mm. chance to give one final message and push out, is there's a perception that you want to slash uh, all city services and slash art development, like on the art side. What's your response to that? Like, you know, mm. that that that's come up uh, quite a bit actually from the 19 to 27-year-olds that, that I talk to almost on a daily basis. I'd say right? just
2: look at my plan. I'm, I'm advocating yeah. for a tax freeze. Mm-hmm. That's not slashing. Uh, even with a freeze, with more taxpayers coming on board, more development, that actually has more taxpayers paying the same rate, which means you actually have growth in spending. So that mm-hmm. means uh, leaning in on the areas that I think we need to focus on. Big issue for me is uh, advocating for uh, appropriate, say, mental health, addiction support, Mm -hmm. appropriate resources for our police. Like, I think it's embarrassing now that Calgary is the only major North American city without a downtown police station. Mm -hmm. And I think that's compounded a lot of the social disorder issues, vacancy Mm -hmm. issues. And I'm advocating to build things, things like a train connection to the airport. I think that we can do all of this responsibly, but frankly, it's going to require living within our means. It's Mm -hmm. not uh, a massive... Uh, slash and cuts. I think that it's doing more with the same and uh, just as every family and business has been forced to, you know, if, if you could say today to a business or any family that you're going to be guaranteed the same amount of money next year that you had last year, they would, they would be very, very happy. (laughs) Right. So again, uh, just look at what I'm campaigning on. Right. I think there's been mischaracterizations of what I'm trying to do. The only I'll, I will say though, I'm looking to slash that city council golden pension. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I think you made that pretty clear. I think you made that really pretty, pretty clear. Uh, I love um. that you
0: said that, Jeremy, because it's like at the end of the day, you you know, as we've been talking throughout this whole week of, of talking to all the different candidates, um, you know, you are certainly the most polarizing, right? And I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Well, I would just say, right?
2: love me or hate me, but if you, if you hate me, just hate me for the right things. <laughs> hate, hate me for the, hate me because hate me because I, I I'm proud of our police. Hate me because but, I want to freeze but your but that, taxes. But that's that's the issue right now. Rounding the corner in the
1: final days of this election is that there's so much information out there, so much um, bad media and press that's going back and forth mm-hmm. between the campaigns that. And coming out of a federal campaign, people are like, now they just don't, they're like, irony. I don't have time. I don't have
2: to like, like give it to us in 10 minutes. What do you think? Right. So. Well, I'll go know. through my, I, I got a 10 point plan. Yeah. So if, if you don't like what I'm going to do, then at least understand what I want to do. Right. So firstly, tax freeze. Yeah. Second, mandatory approvals. Third, better snow removal. Third, better light synchronization. Mm-hmm. Five, scrap the city council golden pension. <laughs> uh, six, uh, v- fix the the community development uh, guidebook. Things like that, right? So I think actually look at the ideas, the things that I'm uh, trying to bring to okay. the table, because I'm I'm actually campaigning on a plan. I'm not uh, I'm not blowing smoke. I'm not talking rhetoric. And I think the other candidates are actually very surprisingly and actually shockingly light on the details so for example say i know a lot of people are looking at uh, gondek could you actually tell me right now how much your taxes would be higher or lower under mayor gondek i can promise you i'm going to be working with this council for the next four years to actually have a tax freeze to be able to give you the certainty mandatory approvals all of that stuff wow so again look to the the specifics Mm. of what these uh candidates are actually putting uh on offer Yeah.
1: I I think before we do closing, I mean, this is one thing I need to know now as an entrepreneur, right, Uh, is, you know, we talk about that snow removal, which is still burning in my head because as a public servant, what are your expectations for your council if you become mayor in regards to hours a week? Is it Monday to Friday, nine to five? Is it they should be ready to be on call in the Zoom world seven days a week? That snow removal is... is is still burned in so many Calgarians' heads, especially in the communities. Because in this Zoom age, Mm. how could you guys not have met for 15 minutes on Zoom to get the plows out? I I just wanna know. Everyone wants to know.
2: I I can't defend it because it's not defendable. And I think uh, when it comes to But you guys
1: couldn't have picked up your phones and texted each other and said, hey, we gotta like 911, let's meet in 20 minutes. Like I know for our board, like at the Hospitality Association, when shit hits the fan and the restrictions are coming down, yeah. we're mobilized within 10
2: minutes on on Zoom or Google Teams or what have you, right? Like, Yeah, we can't afford to keep moving at the speed of government. And yeah. that I think are, we have so much exciting stuff going on in the city, so many incredible opportunities, challenges for sure. But, man, I'm so bullish on our city's future. And I think it's going to require leadership that knows when to lead, but, frankly, to get out of the way. Like, mm-hmm. I think City Hall mm-hmm. is holding us back from our potential as a city. So I think uh, if I had a pitch, I'd like to make City Hall boring again.
0: <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's okay. That's,
2: that's, that, that's new. <laughs>
0: yeah. like, uh, it makes sense, though. It, it, it get out of the way, me. though. I've yeah, heard that a lot way, right? from businesses.
1: Yeah, just yeah. get out of the way. One,
2: one of my local restaurants, the, one of the owners, she described it to me. She feels like she's hit rock bottom. She's climbing up a ladder now. She just wants the folks at the top to stop shaking the ladder.
1: Yeah. My a buddy, uh, one of our board members, um, Jeff Jamison's of mm. Proof, I mean, he says it all the time just get out of the way and let us do our
0: business, right? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, as we're wrapping up, you know, is there anything else, you know, because like I said, polarizing, you seem to be the one candidate when your name comes up, people are just like, you're, you're, it's either pro Jeremy or not, right? <laughs> And, um, and that's showing in the polls to a certain degree too, right? You know, people know. And so to the people who, um, might not be in the pro Jeremy camp at the moment, Mm -hmm. is there anything else other than what you said, obviously about Listen, know what you're saying no to right? the 10 point plan. We'll link to that as well to your website. But is there anything else that you do want to say to those individuals?
2: You know, I'm a straight shooter. You know, I learned early I can't be all things to all people. I'm direct with folks, but I think that that's what we need in our next mayor and council, somebody that you can count on, somebody who, if they make you a promise, you can take that to the bank. Like, I grew up in East Calgary, in Dover, Forest Lawn. Hmm. My dad, he came as a refugee, immigrant, starting with nothing. I'm one of the first in my family to be able to finish high school, one of the first to be able to finish university, one of the youngest city councilors ever elected. And you know, it's stories like mine in a place like Calgary, they're not uh, the exception. They're the rule. There's mm-hmm. a lot of other operators, small business owners who have similar stories. And what we've been able to build here in Calgary is so special. And I think I got a good plan. I think I got a good amount of experience. Uh, I've proven, if nothing else, that I've never forgotten where I came from. And it's not gonna be lip service that gets us out of this. I think it's gonna be actual, an actual plan. It's gonna be deliverables, outcomes, and I have the plan, I have the experience, but most of all, I have the credibility Look, I I know that uh, people are looking at, say, Davison, because he talks a good game on all these things. Look at how he voted. He was just (laughs) as complicit as the other councillors with these tax increases. Again, and and look at, say, I know there's some people considering candidates from outside of city council. Mm -hmm. New perspective, man. But there's not enough time for them to be able to close that gap. So I think that having a fresh look at things, I think is a good thing. But in practicality, this has become a two-horse race compare the plans uh, of the top contenders and you know I'm, I'm humbly asking for your support to be able to bring about uh, real change
0: hmm. right well thank you jeremy that's great i uh yeah definitely enjoyed our time here um if people want to get in touch with you or learn more about you what's the best way to go and do that
2: that's uh Jer- jerom c a and I do answer those emails and phone calls.
0: <laughs> That's incredible, man. I need to. Yeah. I need you to teach me how to do that. Yeah. Well, you, you, you
2: pay my salary. At least we're learning a lot, week. actually, going through
1: this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. we're as go, as we're, as we're so. learning a lot going through these these candidates and and how they
2: they get they get back to every email,
0: man. I don't know how. It's amazing.
2: Yeah, so. my my last ask would be, you know, if you, if you don't like me, then actually look at the things that I want to do because yeah. I think uh, the ideas, the plan that I have is it's practical, it's achievable, and I think it's what the majority of Calgarians can get behind. Awesome. awesome. Okay. Thanks, Thanks so much.
0: All right. That wraps up another episode of the work in progress podcast and go check out our conversations with the other candidates.
1: The election series. Yeah, yeah.